Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. Episode 89 of a podcast where we go to a random article on Wikipedia, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. So, John, what do you have today? Uh, mine today is Adhikar Jeremias, who was a Czech composer, conductor, and teacher, who was the son of composer Buslav Jeremias and the brother of... Jaroslav Jeremias. Hmm. But he's the only Jeremias with a Wikipedia article. So, <laughs> Yep. I see. Relatively modern composer, uh, living from 1892 until 1962. Yeah. That might be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, but it depends. Yours... Almost, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that'd be more interesting than a guy who conducted an <laughs> orchestra. So, oh, we'll see. What do you, what do you got? I you have Williamson Field House, which mm. is a field house in Williamson, Virginia, oh. West Virginia. For some reason, whenever you said that, I thought you were like saying the Williamson Field. <laughs> House. I thought it was like a man whose last name was uh, House and his first name was William. His middle <laughs> name was Sunfield for some reason. I was envisioning Dr. House. Ah. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> well, this building is owned by Williamson Parks and Recreation Board. Hmm. It is an indoor arena, has wooden bleachers, and it has a seating of 6,000 for boxing slash concert. Or five thousand for basketball with metal floor bleachers installed. Now you said this was in West Virginia. Yes. And it's owned by Williamson Parks and Recreation Board. So a city in West Virginia has the kind of capital to build an indoor arena. Yeah. <laughs> really? Or at least buy one. I don't know. Um, that I don't know. I feel like West Virginia gets a bad rap a lot of the time. And it still ultimately is an East Coast state, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. Give or take a few slabs of coal mining <laughs> towns. I mean, hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I I might. That that, that that's almost an interesting enough thing that's just kind of makes you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? I feel like this is like that baseball team that we had where they had like <laughs> no pe- they had more capacity in their stadium <laughs> than they did in their people in their county <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. They recently renovated it? Well, if they recently renovated it, we got to find out about. It. 2015, so last wow. year as of this recording. That newly renovated? I mean, every time I pass a hotel that says it's newly renovated, that's that, <laughs> that's a selling point for me. So I mean, Williamson Fieldhouse, here we go. All right. 
So the field house, which I'm still not entirely sure what a field house is. I mean, it, is that just a fancy way of saying indoor stadium? I don't know. <laughs> I think like, it might be because I remember at college there was a we had the Nelson Field House, which was just a giant gymnasium mm. on the top of a mountain, and that's where you had your basketball games, your wrestling matches, that sort of thing. Because so, you'd think like a field, you know, like you'd have like a, you know, field for sports, mm-hmm. right? But like a field house is like putting that indoors for you know, whatever. So okay. But I haven't. Heard, I can't say I've heard of something that can hold. I think like five thousand people. Yeah. Usually that's just that's just a stadium at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is located in Williamson Memorial Park. So this is like within a park. It's actually. So it may actually be in a field, is what you're telling me. It might be. <laughs> it may be a house in a field that just happens it, it, to be very large. It could have been a field that they just enclosed in a house. Hey, we know. there that's, we go. That's a possibility. That might be where the term comes from. That could be a house big enough Housing to grow a field. field. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's actually on the U.S. National Register of Historic Places, even. Wow. So, and it was only built in 1950. But in terms of professional, or not even professional, but just like American sports stadiums, mm-hmm. we have a bad habit of knocking those down every 10 years <laughs> and rebuilding them with other people's money. So it's like, uh, you know, if it's been there since 1950 at that point, it's sort of a historic landmark. Yeah. We haven't killed it. <laughs> so it was built in 1950 through 51 to serve as a recreational center and auditorium for Williamson residents. Hmm. Kind of makes it sound like um, like a retirement home when they say Williamson residents. I don't yeah, know. It, doesn't, it seems like they already live <laughs> in the field house. Yeah. But architect Louis Stetler, unfortunately no link to him, hmm. as we love our architects, you. designed the modernist building. Ooh, it's a modernist. They don't even have a picture of this building. Which is a shame because I feel like a modernist field house would actually be kind of cool looking. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's quick actually Google, take a Google look. Google Maps at this. has to. We are going to look at a picture of this thing because why there is no picture, I do not know. It does okay. not look impressive. Yeah, actually, that's uh, a disappointing. Kind of, yeah, more modern architecture. Oh, the inside is worse. Yeah. Why is this I, here? I don't. I. I Why is this here? I'm s- Eric, look around. <laughs> look around, <laughs> like where this is. Why? Who? <laughs> Eric, look around wow. on Google Maps where. It's just like on a random street in between some yeah. mountains. There's not even... Is there even a town here? Where is there a town? I, yeah, I see like... It's just like a... Probably a big long like r- route. Like interstate or something. And the inside Maybe. is... um. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Maybe that's pre-renovation. I don't know. God, I hope so. <laughs> that's uh... <laughs> hmm. <laughs> 
I mean, there's there's old wooden seats in there. I would imagine that's pre-renovations. Yeah. How do you fit five thousand people? Where where do you put them? Are there really? Is there really room for five thousand people in there? Huh. Okay, so I've gone to the Williamson House Field or Williamson Field House Facebook page. Okay. And <laughs> one of the photos on there Okay, I'm going to send you um this photo. Hmm. <laughs> because or you could just go onto the Facebook and look at it. Um, but it's a picture of a guy with giant glasses, indeterminate age, um, mustache, old timey computer, uh, says, bring me a hot pocket mom. I'm being a badass on Facebook. I don't know. I don't know the context of that. that's supposed to imply. Cause that's somebody posted that as a meme because of this page I like I don't it's not like a comment response to somebody else it's, it's, it's a, a separate post all to itself well some guy made this post at the field house and I don't know why he <laughs> like, posted it to their page what? while he was there because I don't think this is a place where people go to use Facebook if I'm interpreting the use <laughs> of this facility correctly like other people have checked in they post photos of themselves there or what's happening there. But um, they don't really, you know... But they don't just post a meme yeah. on here. That's strange. I don't know. Some of these events that are going on in here are pretty interesting, though. Some of these concerts... These are, uh... Yeah. Some odd <laughs> choices to have... To have come to your town. Is that? Is that? But it's cool that they have like uh, at least concerts show up. Yeah, it looks like a pretty decent like goings on for a concert. Like there's lots of stuff, big setup and lights and whatnot. But for being renovated, I feel like. They didn't really do a whole lot from looking at these pictures. Yeah, I think they probably gave like a better sound system or something. There must be there must be money that they invested in somewhere, <laughs> but it's not in the floor, the paint job, the seats. Oh, actually, it might be on the floor. That basketball floor looks pretty good, <laughs> but it's uh, not in the lights. It's not in the ceiling tiles. That's for sure. <laughs> Those ceiling tiles are still pretty dank. Yeah. Well, we will discover what they actually renovated soon enough. And perhaps after this, we should look at the town of Williamson, because where this is situated (laughs) in the town, it doesn't look like there's a town. And I'm compelled to believe, from how they've kind of packed this thing out at concerts, that there is a city here somewhere, but it's like a weird one, like a... (laughs) Kind of like a northeastern Pennsylvania city would be kind of still there, still very populous, yeah. but you don't know it because it's all in a bunch of little tiny valleys <laughs> that kind of converge at one point. And then, well, like, looking at where it is, like, there's a couple little streets, mm-hmm. nothing nearly as big as a city. No. Like, almost as big as, like, New Holland mm. around here. 
So we're not talking about a big town, at the very least. Yeah, this is not a big town at all. To be fair, this is situated in West Williamson as opposed to East Williamson and South Williamson. There's a lot of different Williamsons for Williamson itself. But South Williamson still doesn't have anything. No, yeah, there's still nothing there's, there. what, five streets there? Total, <laughs> yes. Yep, there are, there are five. Like, I don't know. So... Alright, well, let's, uh... I don't know how this got here. Where did they get money to build an entire... This has to be close to another city, right? There can't just be... I didn't see any close cities. But there's just like I, a... I've see, I saw other towns that didn't look like they had much... But there's like a... There's a mall building. here, too. A theater. <laughs> there's... There's a there's a Walmart super center. For some reason, <laughs> there are all of Maybe, the things that would denote there being population well, here, and there's no population. It could be one of those things where, like, everybody within, like, a one-hour radius of this place, mm -hmm. like, doesn't have anywhere else to get all this stuff, so they just plopped it right in the middle, and ah. then everybody's like, all right, now we have a place to go, but it takes them an hour to get there. That could be it. But I would imagine it's, it's got to be something like that, because looking around, it just doesn't look like it's very inviting climate to begin with to build <laughs> a city. Um, everything is... This may be the most thoroughly jagged area I have ever viewed on Google Maps <laughs> during this podcast, because of how many mountains there yeah. are absolutely everywhere around it. Yeah, There's it's... no place for anybody to build a town of any note. Yeah, I mean, they would have to, like, level the land... To actually do anything, and that would be a task. Yeah. So I'm compelled to say they probably just didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this building has a hipped dome roof, and I guess that's kind of like the Pizza Hut style. Mm. We, I think that's how it looks. Um, then there's banded concrete, uh, brick coins, uh, coin, uh, I'm assuming coins, because Q-U-O-I-N-S, and, <laughs> coin, yep, I mean, I like, there's I no other way to, to say that, that's it, <laughs> and pilasters, not pillars, not plasters, pilasters. And glass block windows and wooden decorations. Okay. So, yeah. But it, as mentioned before, has 6,000 seats and is the largest venue in the surrounding area, which we've mm -hmm. discovered isn't much. Mm -hmm. um, there is no other venue in the surrounding area. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, it's not a major accomplishment. They're not even competing with, like, movie theaters I yeah there's, there's like one movie theater like, it's just a normal size movie theater i mean i don't know what they constitute as the surrounding area i don't know if they're expanding it to like the nearest next venue but which would be looking at this map uh lexington kentucky <laughs> so 
actually, it's not too far away from Blacksburg, which, if I'm not mistaken, is where Virginia Tech is located. But oh, okay. I mean, it's not close to it either. Yeah. It's as close to Blackbird, almost as Blackbird, almost as close as it is to Cincinnati, Ohio. So. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um. Zooming out and zooming out. Not seeing a whole lot of. Oh, yeah, there's Charleston up there. Let's see how far away that would be. Oh, about 40 miles, it looks like. About 40 miles from Charleston. There's got to be something in Charleston. Maybe even in Huntington. Yeah, maybe. They look like they went out of their way to make that uh, font bigger. Yeah, map, yeah. So. The biggest, the bigger the font, the bigger the city. Um, assuming, but I mean. Going by the uh, surrounding area, then sure, it is the only venue in the surrounding area. Yes, most likely. Yeah, that <laughs> like, I think is safe to say. Like once you get halfway to Charleston, I'd say in the surrounding twenty miles, you're pretty much stuck with that place. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, but events held at this venue have included a visit from Oprah Winfrey. Harlem Globetrotters and local sporting events and shows. So they're not getting any big like sports in here. No. They're just doing like local teams and stuff and possibly like some regional, mm-hmm. you know, events, but yeah. The occasional thing that is like a real draw to the area, I yeah. would imagine, but not like nothing huge. Yeah. And uh, it was added to the National Register of Historic Places on December 15th, 2011. So. Probably to make sure nobody would knock it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, listen, this is all we got. We got to keep this thing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. All right. So it was built in 1950, but in 1946. The city of Williamson purchased the five-acre property where the field house is situated from a local baker for $11,500. And the park was to be a World War II veterans memorial in the form of a recreational center to serve Williamson City and Mingo County citizens. And then in 1950, so four years later, Mayor Joe P. Hatfield and city council members helped plan the details of the facility, including the original idea for a removable wooden sectional floor for basketball, which could be stored under the stands. However, this concept was abandoned due to cost. Mayor Hatfield, as well as the committee, established that the building would be cinder block and painted white or gray and consist of two floors. Hoping for construction to start in early spring, they awarded the contract for the concrete foundation work on January 3rd, 1950 to a local general construction firm, C.H. Jimmy Son and Sons <laughs> Incorporated. <laughs> Jimmy Son and Sons. Well, how... Jimmy Son and Jimmy Son Sons Son. <laughs> All right, so... What I find interesting about that is it says in 1950, these people planned the details and had this whole thing about sectional floor 
for basketball. They store it under the stands. Right. And they're like, ah, no, it'll cost too much. All right, well, we'll just do cinder block, paint it white or gray, and it'll have two floors. And so we're going to start building this in spring. Let's start getting a contract for concrete up in here. January 3rd is when they get the contract for uh, the concrete. So were they just deliberating for the three days, the first three days of 1950? I guess. I mean, <laughs> it says, January 1, the worst. <laughs> January 1st, they had off for New Year's. <laughs> January 2nd, they started the debate. They just threw around some ideas. January 3rd, this thing broke ground. <laughs> I mean, it's Williamson, West Virginia. There, There's not a whole lot of people they really need to consult. Like yeah. If they had the money to do it, they'd probably just be like, eh. What do you want to build? You want to build a you want to build a big cinder block box? Okay, let's build a big cinder block box. You want to make you want to put a floor in the middle of it? Sure, okay. Yeah, it's like it's, like they make it sound like they were talking about this for like a couple months, and then they're like, ah, all right, we'll settle on this idea. But if the but really it was just one day, they're like, eh, that'll cost too much. Let's just go as basic as possible. Yeah, I don't understand why the rush, because they had the property for four years prior to that. They bought it yeah. in 1946, <laughs> and then just, like, 1950, they had such a good idea. New Year's <laughs> Resolution, they were going to propose this idea, and New Year's Resolution, they were going to get the, that land used for something, and yep. those New Year's Resolutions co- collided at the town council <laughs> meeting, and ta-da, two days later, boom. Largest stadium since Charleston. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yep, Mayor Hatfield getting things done. Good old Mayor Hatfield. <laughs> and they, they said it couldn't be done. <laughs> hey, they built it in the middle of a field. They did. Big cinder block structure. Um, but, yeah, so this Lewis Stetler architect, he designed the Memorial Field House as... It, as wait... Huntington architect Lewis Stetler designed the Memorial Field House. A described it to the local news at the time as an unusual field house. Okay, so that's supposed to be an and. All right. And uh, so it kind of goes into Stetler's backstory. He went to Chicago Art Institute and he concentrated on modern style. Which led him to believe that making this in the shape of, of a very boring box <laughs> with a triangle top was a good idea. To be fair, the committee had already confirmed they're sticking with cinder block, painted gray. We don't have a lot of money, so we're going to do this as simple as possible. Right. As so, soon as Stetler started going, you know what? I like your idea, but I kind of have this other idea of like this. Uh, no, 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 no. You have cinder Stick blocks. Four Fe- walls. Okay, <laughs> a roof. That's what we need. We That's need it. Anything fancy? You're not. You're not going to win the Nobel walls. Prize for architecture Just, here. You know, four make walls it look like a doghouse. That's four all we're looking for. <laughs> you don't want any of your fancy art school stuff here. But construction bids were received in February 1950. So I guess the uh, concrete, uh, they, did they do the concrete foundation already or were they just like, all right, you guys are doing the concrete and now we're going to find some people to build the thing. I don't know, but either way, we are already at 
like we're at three weeks total like yeah. that they have invested <laughs> their thought into this and they're they're already there yeah they're rushing ahead like, but the contracts were already awarded to ch jimmy son and sons inc as of february 25 mm-hmm. they started thinking about this january 1st <laughs> yeah they, they are really really rushing this thing and, and yeah settler had worse. no time to do anything no but it gets worse. I mean, it isn't just that. Uh, we'll we'll get to it. We, we gotta acknowledge the fact that Huntington Heating and Supply Company for design and installation of the heating and cooling system uh, was also contracted. Uh, Rosenblant and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern were <laughs> uh, for the electrical work, and Whitehurst and Company for the plumbing. The original opening date was set for fall of the same year. Jesus, they were hauling <laughs> wow. on this thing. <laughs> Gotta get this done. However, the coal strike created a steel oh, shortage. Of course. Of course. Coal <laughs> strikes. <laughs> Hashtag West Virginia problems. <laughs> um, construction on the field house was halted from February to mid-August of 1950. So they had a really good idea. Oof. They got it started until... They got it started at February, but then they stopped. And then they still finished it in 1951. <laughs> even though they, even though they were already, even though they had like a year eaten out of the construction time, yeah. they still finished well, it in like a year, maybe. Okay, okay. Start to finish, like allocation Let's... of funds, planning, <laughs> breaking ground, building it, having a work strike, having a shortage, having a layoff, <laughs> and they still finished it in like a year, maybe. But let's think about this for a second. Their original plan was to open it in fall. Right. Okay, of 1950. Mm-hmm. So we're talking maybe November. Let's go with that. You know, maybe they were thinking October, but let's just go with November. A nice middle of fall. Mm-hmm. So their plan was to build it um, from February to November and have it be done and opened. But the strike lasted until mid-August. And they didn't complete it until over a year later in December 1951. Mm-hmm. So they, I think their estimates for time were a little off. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, it's still like a short amount of time to get it done, especially for 1950. And when like, you're talking about. The fact that, like, a facility that we built... Like, we, we saw how long it took our high school gym to get built whenever we were going through high <laughs> yeah. school. That was only four years. Yeah. And that probably wasn't as... Well, it probably was about as big as this place. I would imagine. Yeah. But still, like, that's that's my modern standards. Yeah. In 19... These, these people were just determined. They were bound and determined. Mm-hmm. They wanted this field house. <laughs> well, considering nothing else was there and they'd had it for so long, it's just like, all right, let's put something here finally but um they their their first event that they held here was um a basketball game between two high schools one being the williamson high school and uh a news article in the williamson daily news stated that a former gala for the opening would be held after the new year However, it is unclear if such an event ever occurred. Hmm. So I guess nobody kept a record of that if it did happen. 
can we be real for a second? Hmm. It is amazing that there is as much of a record for this place as there is. <laughs> That's true. We can giggle and joke as much as we want to. The fact that there is an article this long on a building this obscure in a place this unknown shows that there's somebody out here who freaking loves this thing, man. That's true. They love I'll, this gray box. <laughs> I, I want to see if Penn Cinema has an article on Wikipedia, and if so, how long it is. This would be our local movie theater, which probably is about as big of a deal as Williamson Fieldhouse, I would say. Because mm-hmm. it's really just a theater. No, there's no Wikipedia article for Pensoma. No love for Pensoma. Yeah. But I would say Penn Cinema has some pretty big accomplishments to speak of. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> like, they got that thing up fast, and then they're like, you know what? We're going to expand it. We're going to put in some more theaters. And they did really fast. And then they're like, That's you true. know what? We're going to put an IMAX theater here because we can. And they did really fast. And then they said, you know what? It'd be really cool if we had a bar and a restaurant (laughs) built right into the IMAX theater. And the people who issued the permits for that sort of thing around here said, yeah, you can't do that. It can't be done. And they had heard that before. So they they made it happen within like a month. Except that one was actually probably the longest renovation, if I recall. They they had vacant space just kind of sitting in front of the IMAX theater like... Restaurants? You guys want to go here? Anyone? <laughs> Eventually somebody came. But you know. I feel like for the IMAX theater, there were probably more people saying it shouldn't be done than couldn't be done. Right. Like, why would you put an IMAX theater in the middle of a field where <laughs> yeah. in the rural part of Pennsylvania? That doesn't make sense. It's like, well, it's successful. And, and people like it, and yeah. they fill it out on a routine basis, so yep. who's laughing now? <laughs> But anyway, back to Williamson Field House. Um, they've hosted a lot of high school basketball games, which is not surprising. They've also, as mentioned before, the Harlem Globetrotters show, and they've had concerts and local dances, wrestling matches, boxing tournaments, circuses, car shows. Celebrity athletes? Doing what? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I guess they just came and they stood around and were like, hey, guys. Um, Drew an average of 1,500 spectators to the field house. So they filled out this thing (laughs) one-fifth of the way. (laughs) Good. Oh, man, that's sad. That's... uh, like, their average turnout is... One-fifth of the capacity. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's... I mean, they, they put circuses in there. They put car shows. They didn't have any lack of variety in the kinds yeah. of events. They were just, like, throwing it all out there, and they're like, all right, so one of these things has to draw in a big crowd. As it would turn out, when your city that you're basing this out of only has a total of 3,000 people, <laughs> it's really hard to get absolutely everybody into the same building. It's true. Um, oh, it was also used as a FEMA emergency distribution center in 1953. So that's another good use they could use for it. Even though it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, I mean, they're at least serving their local area. Because I guess where else are people going to go to? 
but they also, also... I mean, it seems like an area that would be very susceptible to flooding, if it's uh, anything. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Everybody With lives all in the valleys. Everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. then the valleys are all around mountains, so <laughs> what happens? It's just a, what happens when you pour water into a bowl? It goes to the bottom <laughs> of the bowl. Where the people live? The bottom of the bowl. <laughs> oh, dear. Yep. But, yeah... Uh, the local National Guard units use the house anytime Williamson is declared in a state of emergency, which makes it sound like it kind of gets declared as a state of emergency a lot. Yep, that that's safe uh, to say. Looking say forward, anytime a bit. it's declared in a state of emergency, <laughs> which like, is more uh, often than it should be. Yes, I don't know. That's not a sentence that I would like to no. have used about my town. Nope, <laughs> I, that's not preferential. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, one year, an on average, thirty thousand spectators attended events at the Williamson Fieldhouse. That doesn't make no, sense. That, that does math, not make any sense at that all. That math is wrong. I feel in like one on, year, on average, thirty spectators it, total attended yeah, events. Yeah, but I feel like on average doesn't have any business being in that sentence because either on average you're talking about a specific number per event. Right. Or you're talking about the total number throughout the year. They may be talking about the total number throughout the years. Uh, so maybe. Maybe they need to reword, reword it so that it's like over the course of its you life. Know, over life, the course of its lifetime. In a, On the average year, or on in a year, there's an average of this many people. I would just say in an average year. Yeah. Just uh, that's the simplest way that to be like be. it's the average of all of the years. In an yeah. average year, there are thirty thousand people who are really the same one thousand people going there thirty times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the city of Williamson prides itself on the fact that the fieldhouse is one of the largest in the area, as the closest in size and location was demolished in 2012 which is the Veterans Memorial Fieldhouse in Huntington, West Virginia. Which is peculiar because Huntington, West Virginia, I took a little peek, took a little look-see while we mm-hmm. were looking at the map before. It's close to there. And the thing about that is it's a town. Like, it's a, it's got 31,000 people. It's Ooh, got it's got a wow. college. I mean, why wouldn't this be there yeah, is, is what I want to know. <laughs> well, Williamson was sure happy when they, they demolished that building. Yep. <laughs> They won. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> we got them. Now they have nowhere else to go but to come down to our Or there's bound to be streak. something in Charleston. I, I hope Charleston has... I'm guessing there's something in Charleston. There has to be. I mean, a major city has to have like a big arena yeah, for things. Yeah, there can not be stuff It's just... There. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... In 1977 and 1984, some devastating floods destroyed the basketball courts, yep. the wooden seats, and yep. some wooden bleachers. There it is. Told you. The emergencies, um, they, keep, they keep coming after this. But sympathetic and similar replacements were installed. Hmm? I don't know what sympathetic is doing there, but I guess... They were in. They all have plaques on them saying "In memoriam of the original seat." They're very sympathetic to what happened. All the seats are like, "Oh man, shame what happened to your other seats." Oh hey buddy, I see you're standing there. You want to have a seat? It's okay, man. I, I know how it is to be standing. Sitting down so much better, you know. Yeah. 
I remember those old seats, man. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Terrible sorry. Thing. I'm sorry. I can't be as comfortable, but maybe I can help comfort you right now. Yeah. You know, maybe, the, maybe, you can, maybe it'll, you it'll be okay. Cry on my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Lay down if you want to. There's not any other people here. <laughs> uh, but in 1986, the original 275 wooden theater style seats were replaced with 115 actual theater seats from nearby Williamson High School Theater. Okay, so this arena got old seats from a high school to put in theirs as like an upgrade. I still want to understand one thing. How do you fit 6,000 <laughs> into a thing that used to used to be able to hold 275 seats, but when you have modern seats, only is able to hold 115. <laughs> How does that hold, by any calculation, 6,000 people at a time? Maybe there's just a special section with those seats? I don't know. The basement? But <laughs> Like, where are they keeping the people? They have to go somewhere. Where have they gone? Well, in either case... Whatever capacity they are claiming, mm-hmm. only 1,500 people are showing up. So it doesn't matter so right anyway. It doesn't matter what they're basing their... There's nobody around on. there to test the limits. I'm never they going just to have... have paintings yeah. of bleachers on the walls. I'd just be like, all right, we got 6,000 seats they here. They paint the people on the walls, too. Like they just make the attendance up as they go. That way they have a baseline 1,000 attendance, no matter what happens. That'd be the way to go. That'd be the way yeah. to go. But then uh, when the floodwaters reached the second row of bleachers on the second story, similar wood plants replaced the original 1959 sodden timbers. Wait. The water went up so high in this flood that it went to the second story of the building? I guess. That's that's impressive. Okay. The reason that this building got a historic thing is because they built it on, like, two days' worth of planning, and somehow, <laughs> after going through a flood like that, it's still freaking there. Maybe their problem was that their foundation and their walls were so incredibly secure and good, but their roof was just terrible. So all of the rain from the flood just dripped down through the roof, and filled up the place. One way or the other, those forces don't do a building any favors. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, either way, either way, this thing has at least weathered some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. And stood to, t- to tell the tale. <laughs> so, I mean, that's 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 pretty good for for uh, haberdashery of a building mm-hmm. whipped up in concept yeah. and design in two days' time. And thrown to an architect who probably didn't have much choice in the matter. And probably ended up angrily scribbling, like, (laughs) rectangles on a page and being like, here, you want a box? Here's a box. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do like that sentence. Those similar wood plants replaced the original 1959 sodden timbers. (laughs) Sodden timbers. You know that person was like, thesaurus for wood things. (laughs) The source for water-damaged wood. <laughs> the source for warped wood. Sodden timbers. Ah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That'll class up this Wikipedia article. 
and sure it has. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, no seating was lost with the replacements. Except so. for you know, mathematically speaking. <laughs> uh, they just they just uh, kept the same capacity numbers that they're claiming. They didn't. Uh, yeah, what's what's 160 seats? <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not any smaller. Yeah. Uh, going from 275 to 150. Pff, pff, do it, <laughs> do it every day. I know that's the, you ever lose that much weight? I did yesterday. Yeah. I thought about it for a day and a half. I planned about it for another day and a half, and then it was done. Yeah. And I broke ground on it. <laughs> I took a, I took a, you know I took a break about February December, gained some weight back, but you yeah. know I got it done following year <laughs> they also replaced the doors in 19 in the 1980s for improved security and the in 1981 the dome ceiling was lowered with a tiled drop ceiling to enhance the sound quality and improve the efficiency of the heating system wow uh, poor Stetler he his, had all of his plans I mean was that like, was probably the was, one cool feature <laughs> yeah he's like they're like alright you can go crazy on the roof, do whatever you want, but the rest has to just be straight four walls. Nothing fancy about that. Nothing else. Just four walls. And then he did that, and then they got, and then they were like, "This is loud. <laughs> this is loud. This is loud and cold. We don't like it." And then they put in that hideous strap seal. Yep. It looks really bad. Mm-hmm. I can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> Um, on the exterior, the original asphalt sink shingles were replaced in 2000 with a rubberized plastic polyurethane coating. So, yeah. Let me take another look at this place. So, what it has had happen in the last year was that the uh, Williamson Board of Parks and Recreation made a motion to have the roof recoated. And the outside of the building painted. The project lasted nearly a month and gave the structure a much cleaner appearance uh, on the outside. <laughs> Problem is, is that most of the use of the structure is on the inside. <laughs> so maybe that's next? I don't know. Uh, additionally, earlier in 2015, the interior was repainted and the, and the interior was also thoroughly cleaned. Um, the Williamson High School Athletic Hall of Fame was also added along the south hallway downstairs and features many pictures and memorabilia of past state champions, past state championship teams the school had. Uh, adjacent to the hallway is the Hall of Fame room that features several jerseys and items from Williamson High School and can be used as a meeting place. Future plans include to upgrade the wet restrooms in the building. None of the renovations altered the original appearance or the design to the building. And there's something about that I kind of admire. Yeah, I mean, considering there's not much to the design of the Well, building. I mean, it would take more... It, yeah, at that point, it would take more effort to uh, <laughs> change the design than it would to just kind of, you know, leave it be. You know, l- looking at these pictures again, I don't know where they're getting 6,000 people in there. Even with all the floor space. Come on. Like, like there's no way. At those pictures, like, there's... there. That's not 6,000 people. I mean, I I would say probably 1,500 people are sitting there, like, at most. And that's probably why their average capacity, or average turnout is 1,500 people, is because that's all they can fit in there. 
I don't know. I just don't. There's just no way. <laughs> I mean, it's not the smallest place I've seen, but there is no way. Yeah. That that's maybe maybe a one thousand, two thousand person place. Alright, so should we check out Williamson and see what is in this place? I guess. I think we found what was in this place. <laughs> or I don't know. I mean we have to. I, I'm too curious now. They they, they seem to I I do want to bounce over to coin and see what the heck that is. A co- coin? A coin. Quan? Quan. 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 I don't know. Um, okay, so... A corner brick. Yeah. So it's like that <laughs> That like corner that's like... Uh, it's just, yeah, the blocks that they use. For the corners of a brick yeah. building. Yep. And it looks, looks cool. It looks like... Jagged? I don't want to say jagged. That's not right. Zigzaggy. No. Mm. No. Interlock. That's the one. Interlocking. It looks interlocking. It looks like if you like clasp your hands as though you're yeah. about to like pray or something. Like it looks like that. Whenever you fold your fingers down and mm-hmm. interweave your hands, your fingers. Yeah. That's kind of what it looks like. Hmm. All right. Well, good to know. Yes. All right, on to Williams' son. Williams' son. West Virginia. All right, Williamson is a city in Mingo County, West Virginia. Uh, it sits along the Tug Fork River. The population was 3,191 as of the <laughs> 2010 census. <laughs> It is the county seat of Mingo County and is the county's largest and most populous city. Oof. That's never a good sign. Yeah. Williamson is home to Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College. Uh, the Tug Fork River separates Williamson from South Williamson, Kentucky. Ah, so South Williamson is not a West Virginia uh, area. Okay, so this is like literally at the edge of West Virginia. Like right. as close to the edge of West Virginia as it could possibly be. Before you're just not in West Virginia anymore. Yeah. Williamson is the site of a large rail yard built by the former North- Norfolk and Western Railroad, now the Norfolk Southern Railway. Uh, which was built to service the many coal mines of the region. The city is projected is protected by a flood wall completed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in 1991 um, in response to devastating floods along the Tug Fork River in 1977 and again in 1984, which I think we've already covered somewhat <laughs> uh, in scale at the very least. The wall incorporates floodgates along major access points, which, when locked, form a solid barrier against floodwaters. There have only been two uses of the gates thus far, the first occurring in 2002 during a major flood in the region, and the second occurring in 2003 when only two lower-lying gates were closed in anticipation of rising water levels. (laughs) The local economy is, believe it or not, largely fueled by coal mining, transportation, (laughs) as well as healthcare and retail. I do want to point out all right, Ephrata, town that we were in, right, 
has a population of 13,000. Yes. And Williamson has 3,000. Yes. So this is very loosely defined as a city. More defined as a large town. Yes. Or a small town. I would say small town. It's a s- <laughs> More small than town. a city. It's got less of a population than New Holland. It's a small town. Yeah. It's a little one. Yeah. So, Williamson was incorporated in 1892. Most historians believe that Williamson was named in honor of Wallace J. Williamson. He owned the land where Williamson now stands and earned a fortune in real estate investments in the area. And, so, it, and he also founded the city's first bank and its first hotel. How is it that people believe that this was the thing? Didn't you just say, like, people People assume that this is... Um, it was in 1892. You should have just been able to ask somebody until, like, like a couple years I ago. I mean, if his name... It was his name, and he owned the land. And you named it's the like, town. You don't have to, like, be like, oh, I think it was him that is the town's named after. It's just kind of like... It's like, well, yeah. He owned most of the land, so <laughs> he just... He probably just, you know... Like... Said it was his. Yeah. So you it's probably like, just kept... Hmm. Historians are sitting around like, all right, so this guy Williamson owned all the land, and then the town Williamson appeared on the land that he owned. I think there's a connection there. We may have discovered... We don't have proof, but I think there should... A logical <laughs> jump that could be made. <laughs> like, if that's not the source of the name, then... What's happening? And what's even going on right now in life? (laughs) Um, So, others claim that the city was named for Wallace's father, Benjamin F. Williamson, but really, you can just say this town was named for the Williamson family because you know which one you're talking about. (laughs) It's the one that owned all the things. Uh, He owned most of the land in the region before dividing it amongst his sons. Yeah, so but, literally just yeah. say it's named just, after the Williamson a, family. Yeah. It's, okay. It's not... Yeah. It's not rocket science. <laughs> and again, it was in 1892 that you founded this thing. Like... Yeah. People were alive. People have lived <laughs> over 100 years, and that was a little more than 100 years ago. Like, there should be people who have been able to know this by way of word of mouth. Yeah, seriously. Like, not too long ago, where there were people alive in that time from that time period so somebody who's like Like, 40 or so now (laughs) should be able to say yeah my grandfather told me once about the guy who founded the town of Williamson yeah there should be that person out there someplace you think but oh well um Williamson grew rapidly once the railroad connected into town its population just 688 in 1900 jumps to 6819 in 1920 and 9410 in 1930 which did almost make it the size of Ephrata and <laughs> yeah. did almost make it a city if it kept That's it that great yeah i wonder what happened hmm i wonder what happened <laughs> in a region where most of the economy was fueled by coal in 1920 <laughs> what could have changed from then until now hmm. so 2010 yep let's talk about that <laughs> 
As of 2010, there were 3,000 people, 1,500 households. Two people per household? That's weird. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and 835 families. Huh? Okay. Um, wait. <laughs> okay, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Less families than households? Less people than families? Wait. More, more, more households than families. More households than families. I mean, I guess that means they're single people. Yes. But at the same time, it's just... I don't know. It's weird. But the families that there are are only two people, so they're almost not families. Mm-hmm. They could just be a bunch of couples. It would have to be, because that, that math is... That's weird. Yeah. That's some weird demographics they did. Yep. All right, 2000 census. There were 300 more people than the 2010 census. Huh. So they were either dying off or moving away. Um, and the climate. The area is characterized by hot, humid summers and generally mild to cool winters, which seems typical of that area of the country. Um, we got specific coordinates here. We got 37 degrees, 40 minutes, or four, is it minutes? And then 26 seconds north? Mm. Is that minutes and seconds? I think that's what it is. Maybe. Okay, we'll go with that. 82 degrees, 16 minutes, 47 seconds west. So, if you want to know the coordinates of this city, there you go. Got a picture of the Tug Fork River. Doesn't look very appetizing. Doesn't look very intimidating. <laughs> but apparently it's enough to flood the heck <laughs> out of this town. Yeah. Uh, I mean, considering this place is right on the river, I can see it more. Um, but yeah, the some of the attractions here. We've got the Cole House, whose walls are constructed from 65 tons of bituminous coal, which I have no idea what bituminous coal is. It's but better than anthracite. <laughs> it's a different kind of coal. From nearby Winifred Seam. I guess that's a company? No, it's a, it's where the coal would be from. Like, oh, it's like, like the, there are the, seams the, of coal in the land. Uh, and the big ones they name. Like in uh, Ashland, Pennsylvania, right, uh, there's a thing called the Big Bend Coal Vein, and that's the largest coal vein on the mm. east coast and that's technically a, a seam gotcha. um, and eventually it'll set the town of Ashland on fire because sooner or later Centralia <laughs> will burn right up into it no lie yep well that's what millions of years of pressure will do to you and uh, so this serves as the headquarters of the Tug Valley Chamber of Commerce and it was built in 1933 and this is also on the National Register of Historic Places. And in 2010, the interior of the coal house was destroyed in a fire. How ironic. Gee, who would have thought? <laughs> the, yeah, constructed of coal. That's The uh... thing that you put in your fireplace. <laughs> what might happen? Would someone in a town with nothing else to do try to burn the one building that's made out of a flammable material down? In a time where smoking was at an all-time high. <laughs> in a building made entirely of something you use to set on fire exclusively. <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> it's not 
not a whole lot of wiggle room for that thing. I think that's pretty much... Yeah. You should have expected that. You should have maybe fireproofed the surface <laughs> at least. Something. So the coal house interior has since been restored while preserving the historical integrity of the building. So that's good. And we've already talked about the Williamson Fieldhouse. And it says it was once home to the Williamson High School boys basketball team. But then they built a gym that held more people <laughs> and was better. The high school gym. <laughs> yeah, just the high school gym is just a better one than, than that place. Uh, and the Hatfield-McCoy Trails, a popular network of ATV trails, run through the mountains surrounding the city with numerous trailheads in and around the Williamson area. One of the Hatfield-McCoy trails has a community connector in the Williamson area, Buffalo Trail, which can be found on the West 4th Avenue. Well, it seems like a fun time. Going on the trails. Um, each year in June, as many as 500 distance runners from around the United States and several foreign countries Descend upon Williamson for the Hatfield-McCoy Marathon. That's a strange phrasing, descend upon. That makes it sound very animalistic. Um, beginning in South Williamson, Kentucky, the race ends in the midst of the annual Hatfield-McCoy Reunion Festival in downtown Williamson. These people love the Hatfield-McCoys, I believe. They should just name this place Hatfield McCoy. <laughs> yes, seriously. After the Hatfield McCoys who, who owned all of the runners in this region. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that show or whatever it is. The real McCoys? The, yeah, I feel like there's some... There's Hat, something about Hatfield, McCoys. Hatfield McCoys. I don't, know if that's a, I don't know if that's true, but I know there was something about the McCoys. Um, Probably. I mean, there is uh, the Hatfield-McCoy feud. Um, yeah, there, it was a miniseries. Oh, okay. It, it's not an actual TV show, but right. it was a miniseries with Kevin Costner. But yeah. Okay. So there you have it. From Williamson Fieldhouse to Williamson, West Virginia. <laughs> we came such a long way in this podcast, Eric. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about the notable people. Quick. Back to the lab again. <laughs> H. Truman Chaffin. Chaffin? Either. Democratic State Senator. Robert H. Doc Fogglesong. Yeah. Former president of Mississippi State University. Retired Air Force four-star general. Wow. Dick Hensley. NFL football player. Not a position. <laughs> Didn't do anything specific in the NFL, but boy did he play it. And then there's Bob Smith. American football player. Didn't make the NFL, <laughs> but boy, did he play that sport. Just an American football player. Just this He's guy. He's not a Canadian football player. Just this He's guy <laughs> from the United States who likes football. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Um, hope this has been informative of a very obscure place here. And... Uh, Yep, so go ahead and visit facebook.com slash podcast and give us a like and follow. Head over to iTunes and rate and review us. And you can also find new episodes on our website, twc.erictoribio.com. 
And I would like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and the Boswell sisters for our outro song. And also, I should mention that I will be doing a new podcast uh, shortly after this releases called Marathon Man. And you'll be able to find it on iTunes. You can actually find it on there now. There's a little intro episode four minutes long. Um, but yeah, I will be doing movie marathons and uh, doing podcast episodes as I go through and chronicling my descent into madness. And the first one I will be doing is all seven Fast and the Furious movies. So that should be a fun time. But anyway, thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Yeah, we go on the Louisiana hairline. It's going to be a challenge, Eric. It's going to be... Well, I've done... The, the, the marathon I challenge you to do. You don't have to take this up, take me up on this until later if you want, don't want to. But I think it would be funny to do it after you've already done either of them. What you need to do is you need to take the Fast and the Furious movies... And then in between each Fast and Furious movie, you have to watch one of the Bring It On movies. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And the funny thing is, is you'll notice that if you watch them on DVD, you will see the trailers for each of them in front <laughs> of each other movie. And you'll be like, you'll, you'll, you'll be amazed at how many similarities in the acting and the story structure you may find. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I have actually kind of developed a little fan theory about other movies connected to the Fast and the Furious movies. I like, think that's very valid. Like the movie uh, Joyride uh-huh. starring Paul Walker. Triple where, S. Oh, yeah. Certainly tied into the universe. Um, but yeah, with Joyride, they're confronted by a trucker that they taunt and like, um, you know, he chases them around and everything and eventually they get him and he goes to jail or dies or whatever that happens at the end of that movie. Right. And then uh, my theory is that Paul Walker's character is so traumatized by it that he decides to go into the police force to bring down all the truckers in the you know world, which is what the first Fast and Furious the first movie is Fast about. and Furious movie is all about truckers and how yep. dangerous they can be. Because they like he reaches out at one point he has like a shotgun. Yeah, and he's like firing he, at Vin Diesel. Yeah, he joins up with Vin Diesel to be like warning them, like, "Hey, listen, these truckers are starting to arm themselves, and you could be in danger, so watch out." And it, I don't know, just so. How are you doing this new podcast anyway? Is that like you just talk into the microphone as you watch the marathon? Does I, that mean you have to what, edit a seven-hour-long, no, 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 like fourteen-hour-long thing? What I'm gonna do is I'm going to watch the movie halfway through. I'm gonna hit pause. I'm gonna record my thoughts halfway through where I'm at, and it's gonna be you know like fifteen to thirty minutes, something right, like that. Right, and then. It's just going to be unedited. I'm just going to talk, and then I'm going to upload it immediately, and then I'm going to continue watching. And then at the end of the movie, I'll do another podcast episode. Um, I'll allow myself to then get up, maybe go to the bathroom, get water, whatever, and then start the next one, and I'm going to do it like halfway in between at the end and then halfway in at the end. And I'm just going to oh, upload yeah. them immediately after... I so it's fresh record them. and yeah. it's a misery. It's like it, it's it, gonna be it like a be. live podcast, like a live tweet. Whenever like, it happens, you'll know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll just unedited, raw, right yeah. out of it. But it'll give you some catharsis from having to subjugate yourself from yeah. to those to that terror, <laughs> that pain. 
I mean, you're really, you're really not in a good place until you're out and away from the fourth movie. Like at at the yeah. end of the fourth movie, it's going to be credits, r- that's when it finally like yeah. starts to pick back up. I am going like, to do good. a chronological order though, so I'm going to put Tokyo Drift in between six and seven. Oh, uh, that may save you. Yeah, because while the second one's pretty bad, Tokyo yeah. Drift being between six <laughs> and seven at least gives it purpose. And also that could aid in the movie length because um, the last four movies are over two hours uh, and Tokyo Drift is only an hour and a half. So and I can't it's tell you be like... how many hours of those last four <laughs> movies are just action sequences. Yeah. Just them like flinging around turns on mountain roads at, high, <laughs> at, at fast speeds. That's all it is. It's, yeah. It's, it's going to get rough, I'm sure. And it is literally going to be from the second I wake up till I go to bed. That's going to be how long it's going to take because yeah, the movies themselves so are 13 and a half hours. Oh, my word. And that's not so bad. I mean, that's but like... But if you're doing less, 15 but minutes also, yeah, in between, podcasting at least 15 to 30 minutes. is going to definitely increase that to oh my God. a long time. Oh, my God. So... Oh, no. Uh, they'll yeah. do it. But I think... If I recall... Okay. The longest movie marathon I've done... I think is Die Hard when I went to see all five of them. Like when the new, oh, so like newest one theaters. came, yeah. When the newest okay. one came yeah. out, we did the movie marathon in theaters, all five of them together, and that got pretty rough. But that was also because we were stuck in the theater, sitting on those seats and like that kind of thing, right? In the dark and all that. I don't know. They are optimum was, for two-hour experiences. But they yeah. are not built for capacities <laughs> yeah. longer than that. Yeah, like, if we could get up and move around, or if we were on couches, like, it would be different, maybe. Right. But, yeah. But, uh, I also in, uh, like, maybe 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I did a marathon of, uh, the entire seasons of 24. Oh, jeez. In real time. Like, <laughs> I, I would, I would start it, like, like, the so the first season starts at midnight. So right. I would like start it at midnight. Every time there would be a commercial break, I'd take a pause at when the new number came up. Right. And I'd come back that many minutes later, start it up again. <laughs> and then like do keep doing that for the entire series. Like oh my God. the entire season. Oh so my then it would be like literal 24 hours yep. of that. And <laughs> that I, I think I marathoned at least two or three of the seasons that way. But yeah, that was that one. That one was rough. Oh that, yeah, because that requires you to stay up for an actual twenty-four hour. And you period. don't get long breaks. You no, get very you get very quick short, breaks. Yeah, that's that takes dedication. That was the, tough. So you have uh, are the other marathons in the series going to be movie marathons for the most part? You're most stay, of them. Okay. I might do the twenty-four one again, which would be <laughs> that would be its own podcast at that oh, point. For also, all the micro breaks. I did work the. Uh, season three of Twenty Four into my fan theory of Fast and the Furious. Wait, because really? Why? The villain in that season mm-hmm. is a drug lord, and he it, oh. his he appeared his uh that actor appears in uh, Fast and the Furious Five, I think. Really? As the villain in that movie? No way. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like not that far of a stretch to put it's those two re- together. It's really not. You could really easily connect. Yeah. Them. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So like the other ones I'm planning on at some point this is going to be like after I'm a seasoned marathoner yeah uh, Marvel I'm going to not 
do a straight marathon of all of them oh, because that that is like almost impossible. I think. No, but, I don't think it would. Well, be. Well, it's not impossible, but it's like that would be at least thirty six hours of movie. Um, the total runtime of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is over five days long. Yeah, I so just googled I it, would, and that is what it told me. I would do like phase one, and then sleep, and then do phase two, and then sleep, and then do phase three, and yeah. nothing but regret <laughs> yeah. because it's way too long for a marathon. Yeah. Um. Then there's also like James Bond. That would be. A, I would have to like break it up by decade or by actor or something. Um, oh, my word. Uh, there's Pixar. There's Cone Brothers. Cone Brothers would be a there's, great one. I mean, there's a lot of options out there. I mean, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I was planning on Ooh, at, at some point do episode. that one. Like, yep. uh, it would get worse as it went on. Of course. Until you get to New Nightmare, which is good. Yeah, which is actually good. And then at the end, I would follow it all up with the uh, four-hour documentary on Netflix, Never Sleep Again. No. Why would you do that to yourself? Re- basically review all the stuff I just watched. In documentary <laughs> form. In documentary. Be... That's the real horror. <laughs> That's the real Halloween spirit. I would just sit there like with the microphone as I'm watching, like, God, please, no more of this. <laughs> That's the real nightmare. That's the real yeah. nightmare. Wow. But yeah, so I, I have a lot of uh, ideas in the bank for what other marathons to do, like Alien versus Predator, you know, Harry Potter, which is another really long one. That'd be no. There's classic like Lord of the Rings kind of thing. That's classic. You Mission know, Impossible. That'd be a fun one. Mission Impossible would be great. Um. Yeah. There's all sorts. All sorts of franchises I could go through. 